Thanks for listening to this podcast of Trending with Timory. If you haven't already subscribed, please catch us wherever you love to listen to your podcast, from the Relevant Radio app to Apple, YouTube, you name it, we are there. And if you listen on Apple Podcasts, please be sure to go and give us a five-star review to help other people discover the podcast. Anything you share in terms of episodes, whether it's texting it to a friend, posting on social media, helps to build up the kingdom for God to help confront the challenging issues we face as a culture, but with joy, with hope, and with an eternal perspective where our faith collides with everyday life, bringing eternal principles to help us live our life joyfully. So, what's trending? Bridging your Catholic faith with your everyday life. You're listening to Trending with Timory on Relevant Radio. It's a gentleman's hour today on trending. A number of topics rather gentlemanly and some not so gentlemanly today. Uh, we will be joined by, in a moment by Jim O'Day, the executive director of Integrity Restored. We're going to talk about two things, the virtue of courage in light of current events, specifically the Uvalde, Texas shooting and the news that came out toward the end of last week that was really frustrating, I think, for most people that the officers waited over 40 minutes to enter in when there was a single active shooter in that school. Um, you know, many people in the news broke, and we'll get into a little bit more, that, you know, parents were outside, that the men um, who had heard and left their jobs, the fathers had showed up, they were actually organizing to enter the school themselves because the Officers were taking so long to enter. A lot of details are coming out, and there's a lot of criticism. And it begs the question, what happened? And I think we'll learn more of those details as the days go on, but it's been made very clear that it seems that the training that they received wasn't necessarily followed. And so we'll talk about courage in light of current events. Uh, We're also going to take your questions today. Any question goes. We're going to talk a little bit about a difficult topic today relating to the latest news in terms of uh, online adult quote entertainment and the connection to pornography and what's happening. Um, a lot of people will talk about pornography as a means to help combat loneliness, to self-soothe, is this the case? What are we learning? Well, we'll unpack much of that today with Jim O'Day, the Executive Director of Integrity Restored. We're also going to talk about a abortion pill that you might not have heard of before that is used in other countries where abortion is illegal. It's used in the earliest stages of development in the earliest stages of pregnancy, and it's being tossed around as the next frontier, especially in states where abortion is being outlawed. I'll explain to you the latest news and how this is being advertised to many young women today on social media. You're listening to Trending with Timory here on Relevant Radio. Joining me now is Jim O'Day, the Executive Director of Integrity Restored. Jim, it's so good to have you. You have been on the front lines of many um, career positions. Now you work combating the issue of pornography and sexual addiction at Integrity Restored. You've been in Homeland Security, Homeland Defense. You've taught martial arts. I'm curious to talk with you about the recent Uvalde, Texas shooting. Uh, Countless lives were lost, in particular children. And the news broke last week. And, oh, it was so upsetting for me. I couldn't even talk about it here on the show that the officers waited over 40 minutes to enter in 
uh, to uh, to take care of what was happening and go after the shooter. Uh, men were organizing fathers who had heard what was happening. They had left work and were outside. They were actually putting together a group of them that because the officers weren't responding, were planning on entering into the school themselves. Uh, p- people were begging the officers to go in. Uh, the rule books from the recent training uh, that these officers had just over the last couple of months and the last weeks, uh, they didn't follow the rule book. And there's been a lot of criticism by high-level officials in law enforcement saying they made the wrong call, even just with one or two officers they should have entered in. And it brings to mind, Jim, many questions. And I think at the heart of this, I think the question you and I are kind of asking is, why? Why do you think it was that there was this delay in entering on the part of the police? And again, it's speculation, but how does this touch a bigger problem that we're struggling with as a culture? Hmm. Well, first of all, thanks for having me on again, Tim Marie. I always love to be on your show. Um, and, and I want to say, just like you, I'm angry. I'm angry that this happened. I'm, I'm certainly angry that this young man went in there and and killed all these innocent children, of course. Mm -hmm. But I'm also really angry uh, about the response. And it doesn't make any sense. Um, Since Columbine, and that's a long time ago now, ladies and gentlemen, since Columbine, in every law enforcement department across the country, Training has been implemented that says, what do you do when there's an active shooter situation? And that training is pretty much the same all across the board. The Mm -hmm. first couple of officers who show up go in. And and the job is very simple. Your your brain, your humanity is going to want to get distracted by all these injured people. But you can't help them if the threat is still active. So your job, your only job when you enter is to take out that threat, either by arrest, by taking them down, shooting them, or they run away because you've made entry. When that happens, then you can start caring for the people who are injured and wounded and bleeding out. Why in this case, Timory? I don't know. All I can do is hazard a guess, and that is poor leadership. These officers apparently were, many of them arguing with the leadership that was on scene. Why they waited for leadership to get there to make a decision, still beyond me. Because again, best practice, no, Mm -hmm. best practice tells you, you don't wait, (laughs) you go in. So I I just, I really don't understand, but I think it does speak to a bigger problem. And that's the problem of the virtue of courage. Mm -hmm. I don't think we really understand that anymore. Mm -hmm. You know, as far as, as far as uh, Aristotle was concerned, Uh, That was the first virtue. The first virtue that every man had to develop was the virtue of courage. 
And, and he said something really, really interesting about the virtue of courage. For, for him, it did not mean not being afraid. Yes, a courageous man is, according to Aristotle, both fearful and bold. But he is that in the right time, in the right manner, and for the right reason. Mm. And I think that in this too. case, what better could you, mm. what better reason could you have? Mm -hmm. What better time, Timory, than to save children? Mm -hmm. What better motivation? Well, and I, I even just, look at it, you know, people might argue, Jim, that all the dads that were organizing outside to go in because the police weren't, uh, were more courageous because they had more on the line. They had family in there. But actually, these people, these parents, these fathers weren't trained the way that our officers were. They didn't just receive two months prior an active shooter training. And I mean, I read from the manual that these officers had in Uvalde, in the Uvalde school district area for this type of scenario. And when you talk about courage, Jim, courage, as you said, is fear is where there's fearfulness and boldness together. It's acting in the face of fear. And that's what, yes, those fathers were willing to do when they were planning on entering into the school. But that's also what obviously these police officers were struggling with uh, in this scenario. And I mean, I love and respect our law enforcement. We have many family members who are law enforcement. I think often our law enforcement unjustifiably so receive quite a bit of flack. Uh, but this is one of those moments where you're saying, what's happening? As you said, this is an issue in our culture circling around courage. And I think the question in part, Jim, is how do we regain that sense of courage that was a fundamental part of manliness, as you're saying, you know, decades and even centuries ago that we no longer seem to have today in the same way? Well, I think a big part of that problem is the, the almost maniacal uh, interest we have in self now. This selfishness uh, is, is, is a big driver and, and actually, selfishness is the opposite of courage. I would not say fear is. Because mm -hmm. you should have fear. You're a thinking human being. And as a cop, look, you don't want to put yourself recklessly in harm's way, obviously. But mm -hmm. you've signed up for this job. And you know in this job you're... The first and foremost thing you do is not locking people up, but it's serving. That's what it means to be a good law enforcement officer, is that you focus on service. And so I think we have a problem today culturally where we are so narcissistic that it gets in the way of being, to, of being able to um, exhibit the virtue of courage. Mm-hmm. Because, and you remind me well, of when that's not good for Jesus, me, right? Right. Well, and that's a, it's the a heart of the gospel too. Jesus Christ Himself says, "The Son of Man has not come to be served, but to serve and to give His life as a ransom for many." And He showed us what that looks like, and it looks like the cross. That's not easy for anyone, Jim, to accept. But that's what we're called ultimately to: is this sacrificial love that is so profound. It's almost inhuman 
And that's what God is calling us to, but is also equipping us to. And I think maybe at the heart of this conversation, we talk about the lack of courage in the culture. We're talking about the lack of virtue. And at the heart of it, virtue comes through growth and development in the spiritual life that is a part of our whole lives, that is God's grace working in us, complementing our human efforts and ultimately us uh, dependent upon that grace in order to do courageous and bold things such as these. Well, and I, yeah, and I think it's important. I mean, we're talking about it specifically because of this horrible news, but it's a bigger issue than that. There is physical courage, which these officers definitely did not um, model for anyone, you know, valor, bravery. But, but then just think in a broader perspective about masculinity today, men today, perseverance, diligence, integrity, honesty. Those are all part of the virtue of courage because they're all hard things to do. Mm-hmm. And, and yet we don't talk to our young men about that. We don't model that for our young men. Our media certainly doesn't model that in any way, shape, or form. Um, so I think it's what happened in Texas is just an insight into a much broader problem mm-hmm. that we're faced with. And, and I know not all the officers there were men, um, but the bulk of them were. And so I just want to address this to the guys listening today. It's gentlemen's hour. Guys, mm-hmm. start practicing the virtue of courage. Not that you have to go running into the next burning building you see, if the firemen are there already, but be courageous in your marriages, in your businesses, in your relationships, in your communities. Mm-hmm. Be courageous. Mm-hmm. Live with integrity. Be genuine. Be honest. It's going to be hard. I get it. But if you do it in those things, God forbid, there's ever a major thing. You'll have the ability to respond in a courageous Mm -hmm. way. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I remember some years ago I was at in in and out with a group of friends and there were a bunch of people. It was later in the evening and tons of people there and something was happening outside to a woman. And I remember I was just so shocked that not a single man was willing to go out there in the midst of the claims that were being yelled from the door of what was happening to this woman, I mean, violent, terrible things. And I know a lot of people will ignore things claiming that women cry wolf sometimes. Uh, but I thought, well, shouldn't at least someone in here go out and check? And yeah, I was, and it sits with me to this day because even some of the guys in my group, I finally, after kind of looking around saying like, do you think you should go out there and see? And they're like, oh no, no, no. Like, we'll, we'll just stay here. It's, you know, it's the safer thing to do, but just not a single man, not an employee. No one went out. And um, I think that, you know, we found out that people had called the police and they did show up, but no one was willing to take a stand in that moment to protect or defend this woman in the midst of whatever circumstance she was experiencing and from the words that were being yelled was not good. Uh, And I think that it's so easy for us to 
kind of say, well, that's not my problem, or I need to stay safe here where I'm at. And yes, we can have responsibilities for others. And there are times where no, we should not walk away from protecting those who are entrusted to our care. But it is a very important reminder that we need to be able to weigh those circumstances and also boldly and courageously stand up when necessary, even for a stranger. Well, absolutely. No question about it. And, and, you know, you and I have talked about the sheepdog concept before. Um, we don't have sheepdogs anymore, Timory. And we, we, we have a, a society, a culture of either they're going to be videoing what's going on so they can get it up on their social media pages, or they're going to be dialing 911. And, and here's the thing, ladies and gentlemen, almost 100% of the time, the cops aren't going to get there in time. Mm -hmm. They're not waiting around the corner for this to happen. They're mm -hmm. somewhere else. And depending on the jurisdiction, that somewhere else could be 20 minutes away before they can get right. a squad car there. So right. that false, well, I called 911. I did everything I had to do. Now I'm just going to video it. Get out of here, people. That could be your sister or your mother or your wife, you got to stand up. We, as a society of men, have to stand up. We mm -hmm. have to be sheepdogs, willing to stand between the wolf and the sheep that God put in our lives. Interesting comment. I want to move on to our next topic. But before we do, Paul in Mississippi is on the line. And he's referring back to a conversation I had recently about hormones and how hormones today are seriously impacting men and women. But uh, in particular, we're talking about low testosterone in men and how this can lead to um, kind of apathy, um, the lacking in boldness, among other things. And so Paul had a question related to that. Paul from Mississippi, welcome to Trending. What's your question or comment today? Hey, Tim Marie. Uh, yeah, about a, a week or two ago, you had a gentleman on who was talking about um, volatile distillates in plastic containers that are leaching into our, our food system and our, our water, and that they're mimicking uh, female hormones. And I was wondering if, if perhaps there is a correlation here between those types of chemicals in, in the water supply and, and the the reduction, perhaps, in this uh, notion of courage in, in the population. The speaker can comment on that. Paul, absolutely. I do think that's a really interesting comment because I hadn't thought of that in relation to this. We were just last Wednesday during Gentlemen's Hour, we did a whole long topic on testosterone and how low testosterone is leading to loneliness, or sorry, it leading to is the number one cause of depression among men. Uh, it's leading to a lack of boldness, uh, which would be related to the virtue of courage. And I think that with the chemicals that, like you said, are in plastics and a lot of our environment, where men and women are being exposed, especially men, to hormones that are of the opposite sex in large quantities in our water as well from the birth control in the water. There's studies coming out of University of Denver or Colorado and others uh, have shown this, that this could be very much so a correlation. Jim, I'm interested to hear your thoughts on that. Oh, I certainly think, uh, I mean, you got to follow the science, right? So we know that men younger and younger are are dealing with low testosterone in their blood level. Um, 
So you got to follow the science. There's, there's pro if there's smoke, there's fire. There's probably something there. But low testosterone is also kind of a normal condition as you age. And some of the most courageous, virtuous men I know were older guys who would still be the first one to kick down that door, Timory, and get in. Because it's habit. So I don't think it's habit. Yeah, that's my point. I think what we're seeing is yes, there's probably some physical manifestations of low testosterone, but this this society of porn addicted men, I'm just going to say it flat out, they become apathetic about everything. So of course they're not going to have the physical or moral courage to stand up because their default state is now apathy. Mm, apathy and choosing my comfort. Choosing my comfort hey, in this situation. Absolutely, my selfishness. Yeah. I think all of this is a big lesson. This is why we're talking about the virtue of courage and ultimately fortitude. So courage is to act in the face of fear, but fortitude is one of the seven gifts of the Holy Spirit. And fortitude includes courage is to act in the face of fear, but to the point of death. And this is what we need. Again, it's one of the gifts, the seven gifts of the Holy Spirit. And we do, we need to pray for it. Marina from Los Angeles, California just wrote in, uh, called in saying, yes, we need to ask for this gift to be given to us by the Holy Spirit. This is so important. We have to practice in situations, small ways of being courageous, of being willing to lay down our lives, lay down our own comfort in situations such as these so that when it matters the most, we are prepared. Because as you're saying, Jim, we could look to environmental impact and toxins and the decrease in testosterone that are absolutely playing a role, but it's also habit. What habits are we forming and how are we allowing God's grace and virtue to work in our lives? You're listening to Trending with Timory here on Relevant Radio. That's Jim O'Day, the Executive Director of Integrity Restored. You can find them at integrityrestored.org. We're going to come back talking about the latest trend in online adult entertainment. Don't go away. This is important for you. It's important for your neighbor. It's important for your kids because these trends are not going away and they continue to be on the rise. I'll be right back with Jim O'Day, the Executive Director of Integrity Restored. We are taking your questions, any topic related to manliness, porn, you name it. The number is 1-888-914-9149. We're talking about what you're thinking about. You're listening to Trending with Timory on Relevant Radio and the Relevant Radio app. This is the last week you can get Father Rocky's new free book, The Memoir Moment. I just received my copy. The artwork on the outside is beautiful. The book is fantastic. I hope you will take advantage of this moment. The Memoir is a plea to Our Lady at any moment of the day, reminding us of the necessity of humility, grace, courage, and divine intervention to press on through the moments of our day. Our world desperately needs Mary's help right now. So join us today at relevantradio.com slash moment with this new free book to learn more about this prayer and why praying it right now can change history. We are again offering this completely for free. So act now as the final copies are going fast. Sign up today at relevantradio.com slash moment. You're joining us during, during our weekly Gentleman's Hour. Joining me today is Jim O'Day, the Executive Director of Entire 
Integrity Restored. Find them at integrityrestored.org. We're taking your questions related to any topic. We've discussed courage. We're talking about online adult entertainment and pornography now. Maybe you or someone you know is struggling with a pornography addiction. Jim O'Day is a coach helping people overcome pornography addictions and has incredible stories that he could share, although that's not our topic today, of people who are working through those sexual addictions, seeing marriages, relationships, and themselves heal. Uh, A little later on in the show, we're going to talk about the latest pill, new pill being used in the United States now that has previously been used in countries where abortion is illegal. This will be one of the new trends in the abortion movement to push forward early abortions in the face of pro-life laws being passed. I'll share this with you in just a little bit. But Jim, I want to talk with you. You're dealing with this at the forefront of our culture today, and that is the latest trends in adult entertainment. What's happening and what do we need to be aware of either in our own lives and the lives of our friends, spouses, or children and friends? Well, the first thing I want to say, Timory, is that I tell this to everybody. If you yourself are not struggling, and I don't care if you're a man or a woman, and I don't care if you're young or old, if you yourself are not struggling, you absolutely know and love someone who is. Mm -hmm. It's just that prevalent. The numbers are just that staggering. Uh, The pandemic didn't do anything to help us. If anything, it drove the numbers through the roof. Uh, Everybody was home, on their computers virtually, Anytime you're on any technology, you're literally three clicks away from finding something pornographic. And that goes the same for our children. So don't use technology as a babysitter because your kids are going to come across it. There's a lot more interest now, even in the secular psychology world, of what is pornography doing? this constant usage of pornography. What's it, what's it doing in our brains? And um, there was a, a sec- secular study we hear all the time here at Integrity Restored. Well, I use it to self-soothe. It makes me feel better if I'm bored or lonely or anxious or stressed or tired or depressed, the blasted effect, which mm-hmm. I talk about. It, it makes me feel better. But there was, there was a study out by uh, Dr. Gary Brooks uh, just a couple years ago that says, well, actually in your brain, the opposite is true. Yes, for the moment, you might feel better because you got that little dopamine hit. But once that dopamine crash happens, then you're going to feel even more lonely, even more anxious, even more stressed or tired or depressed, whatever you were trying to self-soothe. So um, I think it's interesting because Dr. Brooks is not necessarily anti-porn or or pro-porn. He's just, hey, this is just a fact. And so the science is starting to catch up with what we've known here in the Catholic Church for millennia. It's not healthy. If your sexuality is disordered in that way, you're going to suffer for it. Mm -hmm. I thought there was this is an good interesting news. 
Yeah, I mean, this is good news to see that it's not just people who are Christians saying this, people who believe in marriage belonging within the context of marriage, only between spouses, but that even mainstream psychologists are starting to see uh, the fallout from claiming that pornography and adult entertainment is self-soothing and healthy. I think, though, there's been a lot of damage done, Jim, in much of uh, the health literature today and will probably be done for some years to come where this is still recommended, although the research doesn't point to that? Oh, there's no question about it. Um, when, even the, even the, the conversation, Tim Marie, about whether pornography can be addicting or not addicting. There's hundreds of studies out there that if you read the scientific data, any normal human being, any thinking human being would say, well... That certainly sounds like something that could be addicting. But what do the so-called experts do? They cite one study, which is dubious in my opinion, where the researcher said, there's no way it can be addicting because of these five reasons. They all cite that same study and they totally disregard the hundreds of other studies, many of them done by secular organizations that say, wait a second, just like online gaming or online gambling or online shopping, this activates the same area of the brain. Therefore, it creates an addictive pathway. You, there was an interesting study in the UK here that, that your listeners need to know about. Um, one of the things that happens with any addiction is something we call tolerance. As you imbibe more and more behave in that way more and more, your tolerance for it grows. So you need to do more of whatever you're doing or something stronger. And a mm -hmm. study a couple of years ago, back in 2018 out of the UK, 46.9% of people surveyed admitted to needing to watch something that they previously thought was vile or disgusting just to get the same rush. Wow. Almost half, almost wow. half, Timory, ended up watching something that if you talked to them a year or two years before, yeah, I like porn, but I would never watch that kind of porn, mm -hmm. whatever that kind is. They, they ended up going there. And, 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 and that's why we're seeing such a, a tremendous increase in child pornography uh, arrests and raids in this country, not because people are producing it, but because they're consuming it. They end up there because the body needs that rush. Mm -hmm. It's younger amazing younger. how, <laughs> yeah, and it's amazing how dependent our bodies become on the normalcy of certain type of behaviors and how we crave more. It's just you know, just like sugar. You start eating sugar, you start eating sugar, you keep eating sugar, your body craves more sugar. No matter how badly you'd like to deny and claim you don't eat that much sugar, which a lot of people claim today, and that's why dieting can be so difficult for many people, we don't realize when our behaviors become uh, slightly addictive where our bodies are reacting to it and desiring more. And I think that it's so simple when we really think about it. But as you say, people 
people want to deny this, you know, yet the studies show when people find themselves, I never would have looked at this before. It was repulsive. The idea sounded so wrong. And yet the types of pornography that people are looking at is outrageous. I mean, people who never ever would have dreamed of doing something such as looking at child pornography are today. I mean, parents, parents who behave as good parents are looking at child pornography because they have become addicted to pornography and it isn't enough. Their tolerance is building up. And I think that as when you talk about this, it points to what always I think of, Jim, and that is the story of Tim Bundy. And Tim oh, Bundy, right? Absolutely. First yeah. Name. yeah. Yeah. What was Ted. his first name? Ted Bundy. Ted. Ted. There we go. Ted, Ted Bundy, the serial yep. killer. And he, 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 in a final interview, uh, I believe it was with Dr. James Dobson, he comes out this tell all he wanted the world to know as he's on death row about to be executed that this all started with looking at pornography. I grew up in a good home, a good family, good marriage, good parents. And what I looked at, I eventually needed to act out. And it started with acting out. It started with kidnapping people. It started with abusing people. And it led to the serial killer that he became. I'm not saying, and again, that's a slippery slope argument. I'm not saying that all people will become serial killers no. or abusers who look at pornography. But this tolerance level that you're talking talking about is a very serious issue and is damaging many people's lives as you see firsthand. And maybe you can speak to this a little bit, uh, maybe share a little bit of stories of where people are losing their livelihoods and their families because these addictions are getting out of control and they're seemingly good people with good families, good marriages. Good jobs. I mean, this mm -hmm. is, this is so ubiquitous that it doesn't matter um, I can, I can honestly say I've spoken to people from every demographic, everyone, wealthy, CEOs, um, maintenance workers, small business owners, clergy, it doesn't matter. It's that dangerous a habit to allow into your life. And here's an interesting thing. The, the, the child porn is the most shocking, right? And that's where everybody right. goes, no way. I would never do it. Well, there but for the grace of God. Be sure to say that. But, but here's something more common. Heterosexual men, married men, happily married, fathers, are bored with every kind of porn they can find except gay porn. And you know what? That's when they reach out to me because they're completely freaked out. What is wrong Can with you me? repeat to that for just a moment? Because my jaw just dropped. I know I've heard some of this trend, but you're saying this is a normative among husbands and fathers today. Yeah. So what the brain is looking for, it, the science of it is very simple. The brain is always looking for something novel, something new. Mm -hmm. And so then it can give you a bigger hit of dopamine. So you've been through looking at women, you've been through looking at couples, you've been through looking at groups, you've been through looking at some of the more violent stuff. Well, where are you going to end up? Even as a straight man, you're going to end up on homosexual porn. And if that doesn't freak you out and tell you how much this addiction has got hold of you, I don't know what will, but it's common. Let me tell you, I got a lot of calls about it.
So what you're saying is that men are turning to gay porn because they need something novel. And this is how the addiction works. And men, and I've heard and I've seen some of these stories and cases, again, are good Catholic men and fathers from good families who were struggling with a pornography addiction. And next thing you know, it led to them looking at gay pornography, at times pornography with underage boys, and they're being arrested. They're losing their careers. They're losing their families. And no one's talking about it because even in our communities where there are respectable people, we don't want that news to be shared. We don't want to publicize that. And so these stories are being justifiably so in a certain respect, quietly dealt with within families. But then the fallout of the impact this is having on men is not being discussed. And this is why, Jim, we need organizations such as yours, integrityrestored.org, hope in healing from pornography and if you have a loved one who's looking at pornography hope in healing for them as well training programs information real science faith counselors therapists all the resources are there jim there's so much we could talk about on this front i'd like to open this up to questions i know this is a difficult topic for many people Uh, if you'd like to ask a question of jim and discuss this issue numbers 1-888-914-9149 we're happy to take your question now. Um, We have some people reaching out now, but before Jim, I'd like to discuss another fact that's come out that 50% of people surveyed in a recent study said that porn use created body issues for them. Now, is this just women or is this men as well? (laughs) Both, Uh, both, and both very similar Uh, body dysmorphia issues where they have problems with certain areas of their body or how they look. Uh, For women, it it often leads to uh, eating disorders or wanting surgeries to enhance certain areas of their body. Uh, And for most men, uh, it it comes down to um, being unsatisfied with uh, how muscular they are and how big they are. Uh, which creates a whole other set of problems with intimacy and relationships. Um, It's crazy because everything you're seeing is fake. It's camera angles. It's enhanced. It's makeup. It's lighting. And yet, because the way our brain works, we see it as real. And we say, well, the only way I'm going to be attractive is if I am like that. And nothing could be further from the truth, but it doesn't matter. It's what happens. And it's body dysmorphia, as you were saying, and it's sad that the media, the uh, Hollywood industry and pornography industry are all feeding into this. Jim, what are some of the more common uh, questions you're receiving from people who are experiencing pornography addiction when it comes to overcoming this or trying to understand why this is happening to them? Hmm. Well, one of the first things I always hear is why? Why did this happen to me? And honestly, it's because God is amazing. And God made us as these incredible sexual creatures. So your body is responding. Your brain is responding exactly how it's supposed to, to that type of stimuli. 
The problem with pornography is it's a supernormal stimuli. Any supernormal stimuli is no good. All that means, in, there's tons of scientific psychological definitions. The simplest definition is it's too much. Mm-hmm. You're not supposed to see people that way. You're not supposed to be able to flip through hundreds of people in a 30-minute session online. God didn't make us that way. So we've taken something that's good and we've allowed it to become warped. And so your body is reacting the way it's supposed to. Now, the good news is, Timory, thousands and thousands of cases in the seven years now I've been working with Integrity Restored, thousands and thousands of cases of healing because the brain is neuroplastic. You've heard about that. Um, It's been on commercials on television. Your brain is neuroplastic. The good news is that means it can rewire. You can create new healthy pathways. And, And there was a study in 2020 out of Switzerland that found even 30 days, 20 days, small breaks, short times away from consuming pornography, lead to less negative impacts on your brain, on your body, because there's physical impacts too, particularly for men, and more positive outcomes in real life. You see, what you're doing online, what you're consuming, doesn't just affect you, it's affecting every relationship you have. Mm -hmm. I talked to a buddy of mine last week, Timory. And, and I grew up with this guy, know him literally forever from New York. Good guy. And um, he kind of thinks porn's okay. And I just asked him one question. I said, well, let me ask you this. Because he said, don't go into that whole Catholic thing of sin. And I said, no, I'm not going to talk to you about that. He said, when you watch a lot of porn, when you travel and you watch a lot of porn, Do you look at women differently in an elevator, in a hotel lobby, walking down the street? He got quiet for a minute. He said, you know what, bro, I do. I never thought about it. But when I'm really looking at a lot of porn, yeah, I look at every woman like, what would she look like naked? What could I do with her? What would she want? What do I want? It just changes. I said, yes, that's what happens in every relationship, including with your children. Not that you're looking at your children sexually, but you're looking at your children as how do I get them away so I can go back to doing what I really want to do. And he was like, you're right. I sneak off to my office at home. Yeah, you do, don't you? (laughs) And that's the truth of what we are seeing with pornography. But the good news, Jim, as you're sharing, is that healing is possible 
short time away from pornography showing a major difference in people's lives. And so the good news is organizations like IntegrityRestored.org, IntegrityRestored.org, we're posting it on social media and in the podcast notes for today's show. I hope you'll share this podcast with someone you know and love because there's truth, there's healing, there's the ability for self-control, and there's the ability for mercy and grace in the midst of the experiences many people are going through with the pervasiveness of pornography in our culture. I'll be right back here on Trending. So, what's trending? Bridging your Catholic faith with your everyday life. You're listening to Trending with Timory on Relevant Radio and the Relevant Radio app. Okay, there's so much that could be said tonight with the jury ruling. The decision is made on the Amber Heard Johnny Depp defamation trial. This was all about Johnny Depp's name six years ago was the beginning of it. His name, although not initially referred to, but obviously intended, being dragged through the mud over abuse claims. In the wake of the Me Too movement and prior, uh, it is interesting to see the culture that we have been living in when it comes to defamation and the accusations of abuse, both physical and sexual. And the Amber Heard Johnny Depp trial was one that was sickening. I, I did six weeks. I think we've been through this and details coming out. I have not followed the thick in the thick of it, but the ruling for this trial is that Johnny Depp has been found guilty in all accounts and is winning, receiving $15 million in the settlement. Amber Heard is also being awarded $2 million for comments that were made by Johnny Depp's attorney. So many people are posing this as, oh, both Amber Heard and Johnny Depp were defamed and they're both receiving uh, rewards. Well, just to be clear, Johnny Depp did not defame uh, his ex-wife, Amber Heard. It was actually the attorney in a comment that was made during all of this. And so she is receiving $2 million, which obviously Johnny Depp, having hired this attorney, will be dishing out the $2 million being awarded to Amber Heard. It's interesting. I think so much could be said of this entire trial. It was sickening to hear the details I did hear. Two people living very very messy, uh, sad lives where everything from drugs, alcohol, family abuse, family situations, mental illness, uh, the the price that uh, fame has on many, many people's lives. But one thing I do want to discuss, and I think that much more could be said of this than in just these few brief moments, is the Believe All Women claim. Ever since the Me Too movement, there's been this pressure to believe all women, anything a woman says. And if she says that she has been abused in any way, she should be 100% believed without there being any trial And we are living in a culture today where when a woman accuses or claims any type of abuse, it's as if a man is held guilty before being proven innocent. That's not our judicial system here in the United States. It's innocent until proven guilty. 
But we're living in a culture today, specifically for men, where you are guilty before ever being proven innocent. And I think that this is one thing that the Amber Heard-Johnny Depp trial really does point to. And I hope that this will be a trend and a reminder for people that we cannot allow the names of men to be drugged through the mud before there's more proof before these men have been tried. Am I saying that every man who is accused and hasn't been tried is innocent? No, but I think that as a culture, we have to be much more careful because someone such as Amber Heard and many others can lie. It is a political gain, a uh, gain at times in your career. And I think that it's very obvious for Amber Heard that that was part of why she perhaps said this was to make some sort of gain in her career by claiming these things against her ex-husband. Uh, so much could be said, and I know people will be upset for comments. Many people feel very bad for both of them, as do I. This is a very messy situation. I can't imagine what it's like to have all of these details of your lives come out so publicly. I was reading some of the comments about Johnny Depp and how grateful he is that he can move on and have his name back after the tarnishment that has been done by Amber Heard and specifically the media over the last number of years in running with these stories. It's a reminder that the gossip train is always one that all of us can be guilty of. And that we have to be careful with how we use our words, what stories we tell. And I'm not just talking about people such as Amber Heard and Johnny Depp, but friends, family members. Being careful what we repeat about others. It might not be as serious of, ag of an accusation as the defamation a suit that occurred between Amber Heard and Johnny Depp. But words can hurt. Truth matters and getting to the truth of things is important. And that's why as people of faith, it's important we don't just believe every story we hear. It's important we don't just believe every piece of shocking information that's passed along to us. That we have the self-control and the decency to either not repeat something or Take the information to the right people. Verify your sources. Don't just follow essentially what is a gossip train, one that has harmed many people in this nation, one of whom being Johnny Depp. And again, even in the face of Johnny Depp not being a morally upright and outstanding individual, it all brings us back in that perspective. And so as we see this uh, jury uh, making this ruling in Johnny Depp and Amber Heard and all the social media response. I think the fact that this idea of believe all women is trending on social media is a reminder to be cautious in how we approach these blanket ideas of believe all women, but instead have a culture where we are upholding and protecting men and women and recognize the reality that defamation can impact for an entire life both men and women, based on what is and isn't said about them. 
You're listening to Trending with Timory here on Relevant Radio. So much I'd like to talk about. I'm really looking forward over the next couple of days to sharing with you a little bit about one of the latest trends in the abortion movement having to do with a series of pills that women are being encouraged to take in the event the, that abortion is outlawed. It's a series of pills taken in other countries where abortion is illegal and it has serious ramifications for women's health and for saving and protecting babies. So we'll talk about that later this week on Trending. Up next is a family rosary across America with Father Rocky.